0: This is the Ed Milet Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, Today's a really special show for me for a few reasons. One is what we're going to cover, the nature of the topics we're going to discuss today. Um, I believe we're going to move you and affect you, and I don't think you'll be the same at the end of this hour. Mm. That's my prayer. The second reason I'm excited is I'm a fan of this man, just as a person. As I've got to know some of our mutual friends. Got to know him a little bit. I'm uh, I'm a big fan of this man, personally. I feel his heart and his spirit. Even when he just instantly walked in the room now, I felt it. Third thing is I was a fan of his music. He's one of the great country music stars of the last decade. And I've enjoyed his work and his artistry for a very long time. But he's sort of in this transitional phase of his life that many of you are in, too. But it was born out of sort of a tragic event that I want to discuss with him today. So, Granger Smith, finally, welcome to the show, brother.
1: Man, great intro. Thank you so much, brother. I feel uh, so much mutual respect for you as well. Thank you, man.
0: Um, tough to start this way, but I want to start this way. Yep. I want. I, I think you know, so many millions of people obviously know you and your story. I found myself last night prepping for this again, and uh, I'm going to do it right now. Crap, I'm going to do it. I... Uh, I found myself just uh, in tears Hmm. um, for a lot of reasons, not just what took place in your family, but what I'd call almost like a heroic response that you finally landed on that I'm so excited about. So just for everybody's edification and knowledge, why don't you take us back? Forget country music for a minute. You're a legend. Set that aside. Something happened in your family just a few years ago with your precious boy, River. Why don't you just take the floor
1: and tell everybody what took place yeah June 4th 2019 it's about 7.30pm and that's a beautiful time in Texas Mm -hmm. early June and touring's great Mm -hmm. you know the 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 sky is blue it's before it gets too hot so you get this Mm -hmm. blue sky and these big puffy white clouds and everything is in bloom and I remember I was outside with my kids three kids and it was the night before I'm leaving for a summer tour Mm mm-hmm I was barefoot in the grass and the boys are playing water gun fight and I'm spotting my daughter as she's doing some gymnastics. And my wife Amber's in the house, getting the house ready for bed for everybody to go to bed. And I remember out there just thinking to myself, I was holding my daughter's ankles. And I I remember thinking in that moment, soak in this moment Hmm. because it won't last forever. And I was thinking much more surface level, just the kids are going to grow up. These are good times. We're, we're living in the good times. The good old days are today. Mm-hmm. Soak in this moment. Really? Everything was good, you know? Mm-hmm. Things were really good, and I'd worked hard for a long time to get to a moment like this where work was great, mm. uh, the family was in a solid place. Uh, we, we had our three kids, and that was, that was it. Like mm. River was our, our youngest. He was three, and he was the caboose. Mm. We had the family. We you had were the, the dream house now. Dream house, yeah. dream property. Yeah. Everything we had built was there. Mm. It was good. Shortly after I, I thought that, that soak in this moment, I noticed that it was quiet abnormally quiet for a three-year-old and a five-year-old boy playing water gun fight. And I thought, where's River? And that's not a crazy thought. River was an an adventurer. He was always an explorer. He was always uh, the wild man of the house. Wild hair and bare feet. Mm. And I I looked over my left shoulder and there he was in a pool face down. Inside the gated locked pool. And so Part of my recollection is just disbelief. How, how did he get in there? I, I'm not sure I'm seeing right. I, 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 that, there's no way I could, that could be him, but it is. And I, I ran and I crashed into the pool and I, I grabbed him. And, and I thought in my mind, I thought I was going to grab him and flip, an, flip him and he would be coughing and and scared and crying. And I'd say, buddy, what are you doing? How'd you get in here? How, you know, you can't get in this pool. How'd you do this? Mm-hmm. My son Lincoln wasn't around at all, but that's not what happened. Mm. Instead, he was lifeless, cold, like a rag doll. His face was blue. Mm. His eyes were rolling around in his head. Horror, absolute horror. Mm. Once again, I just couldn't, my brain could not compute what was going on. Mm. Uh, he was limp and, and I took, took his limp body out and started CPR, but I didn't really know it just what I'd seen in movies mm-hmm. and and I, I kind of knew, you know, breathe into his lungs, pump his chest, mm-hmm. breathe again, not too hard, you know, don't want to hurt his chest. Mm-hmm. And then I remember thinking, maybe that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Maybe I break his sternum. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. all these thoughts just rolling around in my head. Oh, my, gosh. Um, my daughter runs to get my wife. She comes out and I say, I need my phone. I didn't have my phone on me. Mm-hmm. She goes back in to get my phone. She runs back out. We call nine one one. Dispatch is walking us through proper CPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived out in the country, ten minutes from emergency services. Mm-hmm. It seemed like an eternity. Mm-hmm. We would we would occasionally get him to cough, but it wasn't conscious for him. It was more just a reaction of his body mm-hmm. with, with air and water coming out. It was a, a, a um, to say it was a nightmare is an understatement. Yeah. Going through this. It's every in parent's total fear. total shock. Yeah. 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 Uh, emergency services got there, instantly got his heartbeat back with electric shock. Mm-hmm. So I thought, whew, dodged a bullet. You know, mm-hmm. that was a close one. Mm-hmm. Police officers are kind of holding me back and trying to get me to calmly tell them what happened. To them, it's a crime scene, you know. Mm-hmm. One. Just sweetheart officer came up this this woman and she said, "They're taking him to the hospital. Get get in your car. Take your family and go." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Okay." And I jumped in the car. We and I looked back and, and I saw that all these cops around the house and police officers I mean, uh, firefighters and and they said, "Go. We got it. We'll lock up the house." Chased uh, the ambulance down the highway. Got to the hospital. They transferred him to another hospital, when they found out how critical it was. The second hospital, the children's hospital, they told us, they said, he's very, very sick, hmm. but we still have hope. Hmm. And so I thought then, you know, I've hmm. just kept these thoughts just kept coming back. Like, it's not as bad as it seems. Hmm. Okay, maybe he's going to have some kind of brain damage. That's okay. At least we get our little boy back. Hmm. Then that all crashed when the doctor came in and said, there's 0% chance of his brain ever functioning correctly ever again. 0% chance of life ever again. Hmm. And we looked at him. We said, can we have a second opinion? Yeah. You know, that's the only thing we could think to say. Mm-hmm. He said, absolutely. Brought in another team. Neurologists came in. They said, we're going to affirm the same thing you just heard. There's there's no chance. <sighs> that was June the 6th, 2019 for me. Hmm. You, uh, I'm so sorry, number one. Thank you.
0: I can't even, yeah. No one hearing this can possibly imagine what those moments are like. I have to imagine in those moments, the sadness levels off the charts, you... Also have your wife there. You're worrying about caring for her. You're trying mm-hmm. to process what you're going to do with
1: all this. Is that what's going on at this point? Or is it just all a blur at this point now for you? Yeah, there's, it's, a, it it's a blur, but there are mixed feelings of what am I going to do? How am I going to tell the kids, his siblings? Mm-hmm. How am I going to take care of my wife? Mm-hmm. How am I going to be the rock for this family? Mm-hmm. Those are certainly thoughts that are rolling around.
0: I'm going to ask you when we get away from it in a minute. But there's a few things about these moments that struck me. Um, obviously hearing you say this to me, sitting this close to me, uh, is different even than reading it. Although, and this may seem like a strange time to say it, but I so recommend all of you get his book. It's called like a river appropriately named finding the faith and strength to move forward after loss and heartache. Um, you decide at some point that there can be some good that comes from this Hmm. with his organs, saving someone else's life. Correct. Hmm. That's right. I want you to. Talk about that just for a second. And then also, there's this beautiful scene in my mind anyway, the way that you write it. Sorry, I have a, you're stronger in the second doing this than I am. About uh, one last ride for River mm. with mm. with the the folks that work in the hospital. And there's just this part of me that... I don't know why, brother, but that's the part of this story that I kept
1: playing in my mind that I mm. thought was just so beautiful, if you would just tell it. No one's asked me that. Hmm. In, the, in all the media I've done for this book, no one's asked me about that. Hmm. So I'll try my best okay. to get through it. Okay. Um, but the... In the book itself, what I've just explained is chapter one, right. and so when people go oh this this book is about the death of your son, it's like, no, mm-hmm. that's the first chapter right The right. book is about what happened after that that's right the aftermath, all of it. I had to die after that, essentially, mm-hmm. but there was this moment after that after the after the doctor said there's no chance, and Amber and I went out to this little serenity garden mm-hmm. and What we were doing was we had to go out to basically buy a little time and have a conversation so that we could tell the doctors, now it's time to unplug. That's what they're waiting on us to do. They said, take your time. So we walked out to this little garden. At that point, we just made this really just unromantic, very business decision. We're going to stay together. Hmm. Statistics say that we're supposed to get a divorce. Hmm. We already knew that. We said, we're going to make a decision to love each other and stick with this. I love it. I love it. And then we decided, okay, let's go back and tell them. Let's tell them they could unplug the machine. Mm-hmm. We go back, that's actually not what happened because Amber surprised me then in that moment and as we were walking in to tell them to unplug the machine, Amber said, we've made our decision and I'm deciding to donate his organs. I looked at her. It's not something we discussed. <laughs> to this day, she says, she doesn't even know why she said it. It, it wasn't something she planned. Oh. And the doctors were caught off guard, and they said, "Well, okay, okay we're going to have to bring in another team because this—this now—it's it's a new set of, of surgeons that have to come in, and mm-hmm. and we have to find recipients, mm-hmm. and this is going to delay your process in the hospital another at least twenty-four hours." But that was the first moment to your to your point that we felt like there was purpose in this. Right. And it may not be much. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. thread, and in, in in a. In a in a world of hell, this is a thread we're hanging on to, that there's something that could be good from this. Mm-hmm. It's not all bad. It's mm-hmm. the first time we realized that. Mm-hmm. And to this day now, we, we've met the recipients Have you of, really? the sepa- of the separate do- uh, uh, organs. Mm-hmm. And um, that's an emotional just thought anyway, mm-hmm. that, that he still lives on right. physically, physically in someone's body, several people's body. That's incredible. <laughs> Going forward from that, um, we learned slowly that there were these, these moments where we could feel healing through sharing our story and having empathy with other people. What a huge lesson. Uh, I'm yeah. still learning it. Mm-hmm. You know? You're doing it right now? I'm doing it right now. That's right. That's right. I, I flew here to see you to do it again. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> I'm so grateful you did.
1: Partly selfishly. You know, Mm. because it's like, it feels good Mm. that maybe someone's listening and goes, man, I've been stuck. I've been in this situation and I, it's been 17 years. We lost our son. We lost, I lost my mother Mm. hypothetically 17 years ago and I haven't known what to do. And Granger's on here saying, man, reach out to someone, tell them your story. Yeah. Tell them you're not alone. Just that, that idea itself, you're not alone. Mm. It's healing Mm. for both people. Mm.
0: hey guys if you need to hire you need indeed you know in all of my businesses and i've been blessed to have several of them i've used indeed now for a number of years and the main reason i do it is i if you're like me i don't want to waste a bunch of time interviewing people that aren't qualified for the positions that i have it's one of the hardest jobs in the world right or they are qualified but they're not interested in making the move at the given time and so with indeed you have a thing called instant match where they match you with quality candidates within 24 hours and you're in front of people that want the job, that are qualified for it, and that you probably want to hire. I wouldn't go anywhere else. They've delivered great candidates to multiple businesses that I have right now. So here's what's great. Listeners and viewers on my show, you get a $75 sponsored job credit right now to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Just go to Indeed.com slash which is M-Y-L-E-T-T, right now. And you can support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That would be great, by the way. Indeed.com slash my let terms and conditions apply you need to hire you need indeed Hey guys, I want to talk to you about Shopify You know when I started the show the furthest thing from my mind was doing online business and now I can't imagine my life without it So I love Shopify because they're a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business So whether you're in the startup phase where you're just launching your online store or you're at that really big business where you're like, hey, we just hit a million bucks in order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. They've helped me through every single stage. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. So whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered big time. They help turn browsers into buyers. They convert their checkouts 36% better than all the leading competitors. And I've used them for everything I do online. So every single thing you see that I market online, Shopify is somehow involved. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com slash mylet. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mylet now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mylet. And they could have lost, they could have lost. In their world something that feels just as precious. There's nothing like the loss of a child Period end of story there just isn't but you know, they could be grieving the loss of a relationship They could be grieving the loss of some dream They had that's no longer existing and people hold on to these things for years and years and years and what's amazing about your work in this book is the answers and solutions that you found yourself that we're going to talk about in this interview but I can't move off of this just because I want people just to picture this. I think really rather s- small, quick but beautiful moment. Where did you just in that moment decide <laughs> I want to have him have this last ride? This this because River, I feel like I know him from from the first opening here in the book. Like this was your Wild Man a little bit, right? Yeah, like was. this was the dude who went fast. This was the dude. So tell him what you <laughs>
1: what you do. This is just to me beautiful. <sighs> I'm. I'm going to get to that, okay. and I'm going. I'm going to say one more thing. Okay. to To your point of n- there's nothing like losing a child. Mm-hmm. I hear that, and I'm not sure if that's true, because it's relative to my life, mm-hmm. and it would certainly be relevant to your life. Mm-hmm. But to someone who doesn't have a child, mm-hmm. but they lose a father, mm-hmm. or, or a brother, or a grandparent. In their life, that could be everything to them. That's right. Somebody's father's everything to them. Mm. I don't love their father. I don't know their father, but they do. Yeah. So, that, so I can't look at them ever and say, well, it's not like losing a child. Right. Good. Great point. So I just I have yes. to say that. Great point. But but to your your story about the last ride, River. He loved going fast. That was like his thing. He loved going fast, whether it was on a, a UTV or on a little uh, toy tractor that he had, battery-powered tractor. He had a go-kart. He mm-hmm. always loved to go faster, faster, faster. That's That was his line, faster, faster, faster. Mm-hmm. And as we needed to donate the organs, and he, they needed to take him into the other operating room to retrieve the organs, and they were going to take the machine off, and he was going to breathe his last on his own. Mm-hmm. All of that we weren't going to get to see. So they had to wheel him from the hospital room that he was in down the hall to the other wing of the hospital where they're going to do this surgery. And that was the time we would say goodbye. When we got to those big gray double doors, that was goodbye. They would open the doors and he would go in. So as we started rolling it down, this bed down the hallway, I had this thought, here he goes again on wheels. Hmm. So I told the the nurse, I said, hey, man, Hmm. this guy loved to go fast. Hmm. He loved going fast. You think you could wheel him a little faster? And he looked around, and he looked at everyone else that had their hands on that bed, and he goes, hey, guys, we're going to set a Texas record today. We're going to wheel this boy River fast down this hallway. Hmm. And so they started up on a little jog. And mm-hmm. started going a little faster. And as we we're going down the hallway, the doors were opening on these all these different hospital rooms and people were coming out clapping mm-hmm. and cheering him on. I thought, there he goes. <laughs> He's going fast one last time.
0: Hmm. <sighs> That's really beautiful. That's a beautiful story, bro. Uh, thank well, you for telling me that. I love you, brother. I love you, man. I'm really you, proud of you honoring him like this. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm in the self help business. You know that. Yeah. By the way, it's how you and I know one another. I yeah. know your work. You knew my work. Yeah. And, um, whew. okay. And I, you know, that I believe deeply in a lot of the tools that I teach that other people teach and I know you do as yes. well, but I've also many times been one of the few people I think in this space to say, but that's not enough. It's not enough. And there's, there's something far more powerful that can help you in your life, that can change your life, that can bring you peace, that can bring you comfort. Man's work stops at some point and then it stops working Yeah. and in your case you did a lot of different things to try to cope and deal with this. So, like, one of the things that surprised me that I read is that you kind of immediately went back out on tour, right? I mean, how how soon was it that you went back out? Was it like, I
1: think it was about two and a half week, three yeah, weeks, three weeks, something
0: pretty, like that. Pretty darn quick, yeah. right? And so talk about that for a minute, too, and talk about also that you became... You said something, essentially, that the... The tools that you were relying on, whatever it was, the cold plunge, the visualization techniques, all the things that yeah. we teach, that sort of became the addiction for you. Yeah. And at some point, they worked, they helped you, but at some point, they just didn't. Is that fair to say?
1: That's fair to say. Yeah. I, I think um, to get, so that I could qualify myself in this conversation and kind of give my th- myself authority in this space, I'll mm-hmm. just tell everyone mm-hmm. that uh, I and and i and I know you could echo what I'm about to say mm-hmm. same thing i was I'm a very passionate person i'm I'm a very intense person mm-hmm. when I was uh adopted into the self help world many years ago I loved it mm-hmm. i could I could go buy these this checklist mm-hmm. and I could make myself better mm-hmm. and I could dial it in mm-hmm. And I could confidently look at the world and go, ha ha, I gotcha, I gotcha, I woke up earlier than you, Mm -hmm. I stayed up later than you, I read more than you, I worked out one extra rep harder than you, Mm -hmm. I counted my calories, Mm -hmm. I know exactly what's in my body right now, I am fueled, I am ready mentally, physically, spiritually, I am in, Mm -hmm. I Mm gotcha. And and I credited a lot of country music, Mm -hmm. our success to that. Because talent can only get you so far. Sure. Talent really is like a, a ticket that gets you into the the arena. Mm-hmm. But once you're in the arena, you got to have something else yeah. besides talent. Yep. And and I, I don't have all the talent in the world when it comes to music. So I needed everything else. <laughs> but but I, when I dialed that in, I could. I, I got gotcha, you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and, and you're looking at me because you you feel the same way. I do. It's very rare. Yep. I go into a room. Yeah. That I don't think. huh. I got everybody in this room. (laughs) I've thought that for a long time. Yeah. 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 I say that not to brag. Of course. I say it only to qualify myself for this conversation Mm -hmm. to say that when I needed it, Mm -hmm. when I needed to save myself from rock bottom, Mm -hmm. it wasn't it. That's right. Yeah. I was crushed Mm -hmm. by the weight of the world on top of me and no amount of measuring out my my calories and my macros no amount of reading books nonfiction and devotionals and meditation and prayer time and medication no amount of that saved myself from myself what was the answer <laughs> mm. surrender mm. ended up being the answer you know, it took a long time to get to that mm. and it took it it took almost killing myself really oh oh yeah you want me to tell you that part? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I ended up, and I'll I'll try to abbreviate this thing. You don't need to. It was it was Boise, Idaho. Okay. About seven months after we lost River, I was Amber and I were fresh out of uh, pretty extensive therapy. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty good therapy. Right. Sounded like it. We we yeah. traveled. We 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 did the best that we could. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was feeling a little bit better. The slideshow was, was my biggest enemy. And what that, is, what that was, and I think a lot of people could probably relate, but I was seeing images over and over of the night we lost him. Mm-hmm. I was seeing, it would be like he, he was face down in the pool. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, I could hear the sirens coming in, blazing through the county road. Mm-hmm. I could see the electric shock. I could see the, the doctor walking in to say there's zero chance. I could see that last ride to the to the big double doors. Mm. I could see my son Lincoln's hand on his little brother's coffin mm. at the funeral. Mm. And he lifted up his hand and you see just the silhouette mm. as his hand disappeared onto the to the red paint of the coffin. I could see that over and over. My brain was looking for an answer. It was looking for a resolution of something that it could not figure out. Yeah. And I was haunted by that. It could pop into my brain in a conversation. Mm mid-song and singing in an an arena. Uh, It could wake me up in the middle of the night. It was haunting me. It was slowly killing me. Mm. And there was nothing I could do to stop it. Mm. Now, I figured out there were ways that I could dull it a little bit. And uh, my weed pen was one of them, taking marijuana vape. I was so surprised when I read that. I don't know why with you that surprised me, just
0: that one thing. It's just the little things in the book stood out. I'm like, I just... In your case, I just like this self-help guru stud, everything dialed in. That surprised me. But, but go ahead. I want you to keep going with that. It randomly surprised me.
1: When a man is drowning, he will do anything to find the air. Mm-hmm. And I was willing to try anything. I remember when it first came up, someone said, you know, weed helps a lot of people with PTSD. And I th- my first thought was, for lazy people. Did you really? You know, that's my first thought. Mm-hmm. Well, that's for people sitting around eating popcorn and, you know, you know, watching sci-fi movies. Not me. Right. But then I was like... <laughs> I'll try anything. I'll try anything. Yeah. And, and the first time I tried it, I thought, wow, I actually slept pretty good. It relaxed me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was trying anything I could. This led up to this one night in Boise, Idaho. We had a pretty good show. I felt pretty normal. You know, for a long time, I thought about River during the shows and I I was thinking I felt shameful in front of the crowd. I felt like they were looking at me thinking, there's the guy that lost his son. There's the guy that failed in the one task that that every father needs to do. Keep them alive till they're 18. And I got failed at that. I kept thinking I was putting that on the audience as if that's how they were thinking of me. Mm -hmm. Well, this one show, we, we, we come down, it's this crazy, just awesome, sold-out tour, and we get to Boise, Idaho, and it's just an amazing, we're doing two nights back-to-back. And after the first night, I thought, you know what, I didn't even think about River. I think I'm getting better. Like, I think I, I'm, I see the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm moving on, I'm doing pretty well at this thing. Hmm. And the band said, hey, we're going to go have a few drinks at this little obscure bar by the buses, if you want to stop by, and I said, yes, I do. That sounds amazing. Feel normal again. Mm. I was never a big drinker to begin with, mm-hmm. but I, just surely, I sure didn't drink at all after we lost Riv. Mm. But I thought, I'll go have a few cocktails with these guys. Feel nor- just to feel normal, to feel like a guy again mm. with my boys. Mm-hmm. We went in, had a few whiskey shots, of course, uh, on the rocks because, you know, got to count my calories. <laughs> you know, that's still me. <laughs> a few shots of whiskey, a few more. Telling good stories, laughing, smiling felt normal. Mm-hmm. Walked back out to the bus, it was it was in December, it was frigid cold, Boise mm-hmm. Idaho. And I walk up to the bus and I realized, oh, I'm a little tipsy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Tried to do the the code, the combination code to the lock and I was like, man, I can't even remember the lock. I've, I've entered this a thousand times. I was like, one, five, three, I don't know. Mm. I finally got it open, walked in, kind of felt my shoulders brushing up against the, the bunks as I walked back to my back room in the bus. And I thought, man, this is the first time I've been drunk since. And I, that's when it hit me. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is the first time I've been inebriated since the accident. Will I be able to cope with the slideshow? And then, then that's when it hit me. Oh, yeah, the slideshow. I fumbled around, found, my, found that weed pen, took a big hit of it. Mm. I thought, okay, come on, come on. And it, it got worse and worse. It started just breaking me down, just the guilt and the shame, mm. the, the, the failure that I was as a man, as a father. I, I failed. I let my boy down as, as if he said, dad, you let me down, dad. Where were you? You were right there in the yard. I needed you. The one time I needed you, you failed me, dad. And I start thinking about what, what was river seeing going down in the water, looking up, just looking at the sky above the water, thinking, where's dad? He's not there. The, the, this was killing me and mm. it was killing me. Mm. And I thought, all right, I reached in the drawer, pulled out my Glock. This is the one way to make it all stop. Mm. And I felt right then, I felt, I felt a, a consciousness that wasn't my own, as if it was speaking. It was a thought, but it, as if it was speaking, it said, this is the way. This is the way to rest. This is the way to make it all stop. Just squeeze the trigger. The gun was in my mouth. It's, that's when I realized someone else was in the room with me that night. Hmm. I didn't think that. That wouldn't have come for me. I wouldn't have generated a thought that says, end it all, Granger. Hmm. Give up. Quit. But yet something was thinking that for me. Hmm. That's the the best way I could describe one of the strangest moments of my life. And in that realization that I was not alone came the next realization that suddenly I was under attack. I was in a war that I had no weapons for. I was flanked, surrounded, outgunned, outmanned against an enemy. I didn't even know who it was. And this was all in my mind playing out. And right in that in that moment, I, I just, I said out loud, Jesus, save me, please, God, Jesus, save me. It all went away. Slideshow stopped. The anxiety stopped. My mind went clear. Hmm. I dropped the gun off, the, slid off my fingers onto the bed. and. And I fell down onto the floor, slept in all my clothes that night f- for the only time ever in my life on the back of that bus mm. in all my clothes on the wood floor and woke up the next morning with a new thought and a new mission. Mm. Who was this Jesus that I called out to that was more powerful than any thought I had outside of me? I I, I knew, I knew Jesus. I called myself a Christian. My whole life I called myself that. Mm-hmm. But but why was it now that that this this calling out to him in this moment could end everything all of these thoughts for me. So that's that began a new mission for me. Who is he really? Who is the real Jesus? Wow. Wow. You
0: once that moment happens What did you call the type of Christian you were before? There's a term used in the book. I called it a dog tag Christian. Dog tag Christian. I mean, you wear it. I got the tags on. Yeah, World
1: War II, you print it on your dog tag. What religion are you so you know what kind of priest to bring your
0: funeral? Sometimes I wonder that about me, frankly. Um, Sometimes, I think sometimes all of us wonder that because I think we have a relationship with Jesus, if you do, that can ebb and flow like any relationship. And you can get mad at him, too. Something like this happens. You're like, what are you doing? What Mm. are you doing? Mm. I'm curious... By the way, there's so much to unpack that I'm just going to allow people to go back and listen to this again rather than try to unpack it because it's just too profound. But this slideshow, everybody relates to. If they've been with someone who's cheated on them, or had an affair at the slideshow, yes. it yes. just plays. It just plays. Or a mistake they've made in their life, and yes. it just plays. And I think our minds think, uh, if I just play the slideshow enough times, something new will occur to me that some tool I've got will fix this thing exactly. and what it means to me. And yet we've all proven to ourselves, you can repeat this thing three billion times, there's no new answer coming your way from you or a cold plunge. Right? Exactly. It's not, it's not going to be that. And. I've reached the same conclusions you have, yet I have this vast toolbox of tools that I still use because God's put those people in my life that have given me those tools. But ultimately for me, those aren't the final answer. they are steps that may get me in a position where I'm more ready to receive something, but the final answer is I've come to the same answer you have. I'm gonna ask you some hard stuff now, though. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm let's gonna go. push you, not that what we haven't already covered is hard, <laughs> but I'm gonna push you on it. The slideshow. Does that mean it never comes back again, or does that mean that you've got some peace and comfort when stress, guilt, shame does repeat itself? Because for me, you and I just share the same belief system, so I'm just gonna say it in our language. Everybody can do it. Take what they want, but like the adversary still attacks. Hmm. The adversary still is trying to get you. Yep. The advers- so for me, my peace and comfort comes from there as well. But I haven't escaped it entirely, meaning in my own case, the slideshows of my life have reappeared in my case, but that I know where I go for comfort and peace when it does reappear. Does that mean for you that at that day, you've never had another slideshow? You've never had another feeling of guilt or shame? Or does it still resurface from time to time?
1: Yeah, I I can answer that. Uh, That day wasn't the end of the slideshow. Okay. But I wasn't ready yet. That was, that was the beginning of the journey of who is this guy, Jesus, the guy that I called out to just instinctively because that's what kids in America do. Mm -hmm. But who was he really? That that began that journey. And so I still had the slideshow, but things really changed for me March 1st, 2020. That's when, that's when the slideshow drastically changed. And so to answer your question, I do still see the slideshow even today. But it has lost its sting. Lost its power over you. It does not have its power yeah. over me. Yeah. What happened on March of 2020? <laughs> During that journey uh, from December to March, uh, I, I the first thing I thought was, I need a preacher. You know, I don't really know. Just, see, I'm a guy. I'm a country music guy traveling on the weekends. I, n- I didn't really go to church. Sure. Besides, besides a ki- as a kid, mm-hmm. I didn't have any consistency in church ever. So I thought, well, I need a preacher. First one I thought of was Billy Graham. uh, That's the first name that came to my mind. I don't really know him personally at all, but Mm -hmm. hey, I've heard of this guy, Mm -hmm. looked him up, found out YouTube has a plethora of Billy Graham videos, Mm -hmm. started just watching it and it had an effect on me. It's like, yeah. I dig this. I mm-hmm. dig this guy. Mm-hmm. I like what he's saying. He was he was pouring the gospel all over mm-hmm. these stadiums mm-hmm. worldwide mm-hmm. for for decades, mm-hmm. and it was having an effect on me so much that I started replacing some of the uh, the self help audio mm-hmm. books I was listening to in my truck. Mm-hmm. I was like, now oh, instead of finishing that book, I'll trade it in for mm-hmm. another Billy Graham mm-hmm. classic sermon. Mm-hmm people thought I was crazy. Really? They were like, "Man, what what are you doing, man? You're driving in your pickup truck in Texas windows down with a Billy Graham sermon playing it. That's bizarre, man. (laughs) One day one of my friends goes, Hey, I got some, got some more stuff for you. was some deeper stuff. Like, there's this pastor named John Piper. Mm-hmm. He's he's deeper, but he's super intense, very mm-hmm. passionate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like my wife is is at a conference with him right now as we speak. As, yeah, as we're sitting here? Yeah. Okay. She loves him because mm-hmm. he, he's, his words saved her husband, you know? Yeah. So that's why she has a like attachment to him. But. Mm. I liked this guy, John. I liked I liked his rhythm. I liked mm. his intensity and his passion, his articulation mm. of the gospel, specifically what's going on. What's the mechanics of what's changing within a man when he hears these words? John was good at articulating that. Okay. And it goes down to this one sermon randomly popped up on my algorithm on March 1st, 2020, okay. driving in my truck. County Road in Texas. I remember everything about that morning, my hands on the steering wheel, the, 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 the feel of the accelerator in my foot. I mean, I felt I knew, I know what that moment was like when he was reading out of John 14 and he said this, he said Piper's reading, right? And the disciple asked Jesus, Lord, why is it that you manifest yourself to us, the disciples, but not to the rest of the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, He will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. There's a pause. Pastor Piper comes in and he says, that's not unconditional love. That is profoundly conditional Mm -hmm. Boom. It hit me. He reads it again. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him in a way that he doesn't love everybody. I thought, oh man, it hit me Mm -hmm. like a ton of bricks. Not that I needed. He wasn't saying, if you want me to love you, then you keep my word and earn it. He wasn't saying that. He was Mm -hmm. saying, there's people that I love Mm -hmm. that I will save, redeem, restore, Mm -hmm. forgive. And you could tell those people because those are the ones that keep my word. And I thought, what's his word? I don't know it. I don't know all of it.
0: So, hey, guys, you know, when I love technology and a great idea revolutionizes an old industry. And by the way, if there's an industry that needs a revolution, I think you'd agree with me. It's the healthcare industry. It's not easy to find good doctors. And by the way, good doctors that are in your area that also take your insurance. And that's why I love ZocDoc. They are revolutionizing the healthcare industry and the way you get access to doctors. ZocDoc, by the way, is Z-O-C-D-O-C. Here's who they are. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Tons of different reviews on the doctors and they're local to you. You can find out if they take your insurance. I just did it for a tear I had in my shoulder. One day later, I'm in the doctor's office getting some help, getting an order for an MRI. So go to ZocDoc.com slash mylet and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoccom com slash mylet. ZocDoc.com slash mylet. If you've been listening or watching the show for a long time, you know what a big believer in NetSuite I am. I've been talking about them now for years. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors, which is why I've been using them now for five years myself. Over 37,000 other companies have as well. They've made the moves. Do the math. Now you'll see profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash mylett. netsuite.com slash mylett, M-Y-L-E-T-T. NetSuite.com slash mylet.
1: So I went home like all in that moment. I knew I knew in that that bus in Boise, Idaho, that I was redeemed, that I was saved. I was restored. I was adopted as a son. And yet it, as a gratitude and, and humility in a response to that. I wasn't doing what he asked me to do. So I went home and I told Amber, I said, we're going to read the Bible. Not not a devotional, not something that, that commentates it, but we're just going go right to go to the word, word itself. Mm-hmm. We'll start, oh, I don't know, where's a good place to start? Maybe the birth of Christ, Matthew 1. Let's just start there. Mm-hmm. And she goes, okay, I'm in. I mean, we literally- You read the whole Bible too, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, we yep. literally knocked the dust off of these Bibles that we yep. hadn't really touched, yep. calling ourselves Christians. Yep. Boy, I got in there and seeing, reading the Bible in its entirety and Truly digesting it is how we learn who God is. Mm-hmm. In the same way that you know your son because you spend a lot of time with him. That's right. So much so that if if you go to a restaurant tomorrow and your son's not with you, you'll go. I know what my son would like. I know what he would order. I know what he would not like. Mm-hmm. I know what girl he think would be mm-hmm. cute. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I know what kind of car he likes. Mm-hmm. You know him. You've spent so much time with him. So as we read the Bible, we start to learn who God is. Mm-hmm. When we learn who God is, as this sovereign providential king, then we go, oh, I could surrender to that. Mm-hmm. Not in, in, a, in a weakness type of way, not in a passive way, but I'm going, God, all of my strength that you have given me, I hand it to you and I trust you. I follow you. Mm-hmm. And there is power yeah. in a man when he learns that kind of surrender. There's confidence. The shame, the guilt, the slideshow lost its sting.
0: Yeah. Brother, I got to just tell you something. Having known you before this and seeing you now, by the way, it's not like this is like a 30-year journey for this man. Like this, this is the last few years. Like mm. the Holy Spirit's all over you. The way you, these aren't your words. The, these are, the, the, <laughs> brother, like, <laughs> it's so awesome to be like, for me, it's so awesome to see God's greatness pouring through you. Like. There's evidence right in front of me. This is a dude who was playing beautiful music three or four years ago.
1: And, and the truth is,
0: really, like most of these thoughts and words weren't within this man at that time. And now they're just coming out of you. I, I think so many people use guilt and shame as a weapon against themselves over and over again. And they're trying to somehow grab some strategy or tool to somehow rectify this pattern that they've repeated millions of times over and over and over again, whether that be the slideshow or the way they speak to themselves Mm -hmm. or all these other things. And a lot of the things we teach here, by the way, in this space, when I say here as if I own it and I don't, are incredibly valuable things. It'd be like saying that you shouldn't eat the food and the plants that God's planted in our lives. You're supposed to consume these good things. But if you don't understand the source of where they come from. The real source, when you really need an answer, there's going to be a time where you reach that place in your life where you're just like, it's not enough. It just doesn't work. I can't go to that thing again, that trigger, that Mm -hmm. anchor. It just, it doesn't do what I need it to do. And I'm loving the way that also that you phrase this, because it's interesting. You actually take away many of the objections most people have probably unknowingly about these things. Like for me... I'll just, we'll just both plug different things. Like for me, I'm a little bit cerebral. It might surround surprise people since my IQ is not that high. <laughs> but I needed to see some like evidentiary stuff. So like Lee Strobel's work, The Case for Christ, had a big profound effect on yeah. me, right? And I've also tried to surround myself in my life with people that are more knowledgeable about God's word than I am as I work on it to help me answer questions when I read something or when I navigate a situation and God's put those people in my life also, but those people aren't my answer. Mm. Those tools aren't my answer. Men will eventually probably let you down and things of this world will probably eventually let you down. But in my case, Jesus never has. Ever. And he can take purpose through your pain. You talk about this in the book, which we might as well get into a little bit right now. That you say there's really, you you reference two things about pain. One is that it's temporary, I believe. You say that Mm -hmm. in the book. I'm just, by the way, the book made such an impact on me. I can like picture the pages Mm -hmm. right now as I'm reading it. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about that. Like, now we found where your answer is. And by the way, you know what? I want to go here first. You're so so committed to what you've just discussed. Most people may not know this yet, but like, he's completely devoted his life to do this. So, tell him what you're kind of really not doing anymore. (laughs) Because it's it's not like a little thing, right? Like you've made a massive commitment so if you're wondering like hey this is really interesting words this guy's got wow really cool i just felt really motivated and i'm gonna pick my bible up mm, it's a lot more than that so tell them what you've decided to do with your life as a commitment towards what you just described this is this may be a surprise for some people yeah that i've been paying
1: attention in in the book of matthew the, chapter 13 look verse at you 44. right now my gosh go well, ahead okay. <laughs> hey i got to ground myself in the truth first yeah, yeah. Jesus is talking about a parable Mm -hmm. and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covers up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) this is where I'm living right now. I'm living in a moment where I found this treasure, the ultimate value. And, and I'm going, man, I found this treasure and I want to, I want to own this treasure so much so that I want to show everyone else this treasure. Now there's, there's a word that we can't miss in that parable and it's joy. Then in his joy, mm-hmm. he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field mm-hmm. because you're, if you don't feel that joy, you're not feeling it Right. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I love this so much. I love this message. I love the healing that's behind it. Mm-hmm. I love the transformation that it brings, not from me and not from my opinion, but through the power of the word itself that mm-hmm. the Bible says is sharper than any two-edged sword piercing the heart mm-hmm. that I've decided to, to walk away from music just so that I can get out, mm-hmm. write books and tell people about this message, this treasure in a field.
0: Did you just hear that? He sold everything he has. He sold everything he has. And uh, that's probably why it's moved me so much. Um, I want to ask you about a tool that you got in the book and if if this is part of that. So, because you did get some answers when you went to therapy, right? Yeah. So, there's this point in, I was just thinking about, you use the field analogy. This is how much I really read your stuff, by the way, when you hear mm-hmm. this. And there's this point where you're like, I think you tell the therapist, whoever it was, you go, look, I want to be a rock for my family. Mm-hmm. She says, well, maybe you ought to think about not being a rock, but being a tree. And there's, there's this part of me that feels like that's actually really great advice, even though it was sort of secular advice, Sure, because it's sort of exactly what you're doing now is that there's like these branches that are coming from you with these deep roots and you're almost, I love the parable of the sower, Mm -hmm. right? So like, it's almost like you are planting these seeds now that. You know, Granger, even someone listening to this right now, the cool part about how God works is that what you're doing is just planting the seeds. God provides for the harvest in people's lives. And that harvest is going to show up, man, these seeds you're planting in ways that you can't even imagine in people's lives at different times. It might be somebody right now who needs that harvest, but there might be somebody who will reflect on this conversation three years from now right, and go, what was that podcast with Milet Hmm. and Granger? I'm going to go back and listen to it. And then there's a harvest then. But to some extent, isn't that sort of God's way of having you be the tree. I hope that doesn't sound corny, because I think I know what I mean when I say it. Do you know what I mean when I say it? I know what
1: it? you mean, man. Yeah. I, I love trees, actually. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. That was a great... And and to your point, it, just because it's secular therapy doesn't mean it doesn't have truth in it. Of course not. Yeah, it, absolutely. Right, of course. Uh, and so he said, what do you, you want to be for your family? I said, a rock. Mm-hmm. You know, Who else wouldn't say that? That's right. the answer. I want to be the rock for my family. And he said... Who does the rock lean on when it doesn't have anything else? Mm. I said, oh, yeah, you're right. And he goes, that's why I suggest you become, you think of yourself as a tree. Mm. You could bend and sway with the storms. Mm. You could have roots that go deep, but they can also intertwine with other trees around you to help you stand upright. You could lose your leaves. Mm. Shed your leaves; the new ones will have room to grow. Mm. Then, at that point, so I, I, the more I thought about that, I was like, "Yeah, that's that's great. That's a great analogy." Mm. And then, and then, spreading that seed, mm. the, there is there is this thought I have, and it might never happen. Lord willing, it, it would. That someone, ten years from now, maybe, could come up and go, "Granger Smith, yeah, I heard you. You you don't know me, but I heard you on Ed's podcast yeah. about ten years ago." Yeah. And you were that effect that John Piper was for you in the truck on March 1st, 2020. That was you for me. And I'll go, praise God.
0: Praise God. By the way, when you were just saying that, just so you know, before you said it, brother, I was going to say the Billy Graham.
1: Or that. The (laughs) the reason I was
0: going to say the Billy Graham is I didn't tell you this because I didn't want to interrupt you. But for me, Billy Graham has been that person as well. Now, by the way, most of you don't know this, Billy Graham has gone. Yeah. Right? His body's gone. Yeah, But I talk oftentimes about there's all these things you can't take with you, but there are things you can leave here. Mm. And these are the seeds that you plant. And those harvests can be many years from now. I love Billy Graham's work. I'm more inside baseball stuff with you and I. I like watching when he's young and he's in front of those big you know, sellout arenas in Africa somewhere and there's yeah. 100,000 people and he's just firing brimstone. And then if you fast forward, everybody, if you ever want to do this, and then you go watch this man when he's like in his late... Or early 70s and I think he was even suffering at that time with a little bit of dementia we've even mm. found out but there's this beauty to this older man and his cadence is different and yes. the way God used him then was even maybe more impactful for me when I would watch this man's work and so the reason I share that with everybody is you don't necessarily have to be this like fire and brimstone, amazing communicator like Granger is right now, or even like you <laughs> might think that I am like God will use your tools, your giftedness in your way. Cause the old Billy Graham stuff that I watch, there's something about this beautiful man as he's aging and he's, I, you could feel that he's getting closer to coming home to Jesus. Like you, you knew he yes. knew it. That was so much more impactful in warming my heart and giving me comfort to see this man still standing up when he might not even be able to remember everything before he would get on that stage about his granddaughter's name. But somehow he'd walk out on that stage and start speaking God's word and the Holy Spirit just took over and he was beautifully articulate again. If you ever wonder what God's power can be in your life, it's actually go watch an early Billy Graham and then go
1: watch the older one and you'll see. So good. You agree with that? Uh, That's so good. And to that point, someone could be listening going, I can never articulate God the way these guys are doing Mm -hmm. on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But that scenario of me saying 10 years down the road, someone comes up to me, someone could come up to you, listener to this podcast right now saying, hey, you don't know me, but I was bagging groceries for you 10 years ago and you smiled at me. That's right. And I needed the smile, and it changed everything. It changed the trajectory of everything I was going through. Yeah. You don't even know it. That's what a smile could do. Yeah, amen, brother. Like, I, I think uh, that adage that
0: actions speak louder than words. I respond to verbal communication like you do because I'm a very verbal person. But I got to tell you, I've watched so many people in my life who aren't verbal, but do it kinesthetically where they touch people or their smile or the way they listen with a non judgmental mm-hmm. heart that have made such a difference in people's lives, far more profoundly than I have in anything that I've done in my life, or at least equally profound. So, I just want everybody to be listening to this. What would you say to somebody who says, okay, I'm going to push you hard. Good. Okay, you ready? Good. Yep, you stumbled onto God because you went through a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Like so that's what happens to guys when they go to prison too, right? All of a sudden Jesus is the center of their life. And so what you're doing is you've grasped because you needed something to hold on to. I told you I was gonna push you. Because yep, I want good. I want the person listening to this on the treadmill right now who's like, Yeah, I wanna go all the way on that. And so what would your answer be to that person who goes, That's great, man. Well when when you're riding high and playing your music and there's sold out arenas You didn't need it then. But now that you've gone through this tough time, what would you say to somebody who says that to you?
1: First of all, I would say, yes, Mm -hmm. you're right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, so many times it takes tragic events Mm -hmm. for us to see that we aren't in control. Okay. So, hey, I'll give God the credit for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. I was riding high. I didn't need him. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. He knocked you down Mm -hmm. so that you could only rely on him. Mm -hmm. And then you did. I would say, amen, amen. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with thinking that way. I think think that was God's purpose. Mm. I'll let this guy ride high for a little bit. I'll let him see that he thinks he has the world at his his fingertips. Mm. I'll let him build a platform. I'll let him learn on a stage. I'll let him learn how to communicate with people. I'll get him the authority for people to actually listen to him and trust him. Mm. Then I'll knock him down Mm -hmm. so that he could only trust me. Mm. And then he'll spin it around on his platform that he thought he built that actually I was building for him. I taught him how to use a microphone. I taught him how to have authority. Now he'll show it for my glory and the people will listen. So to that critic, I'll say, amen. Now, to, so good. back to the parable of the sower. You mm-hmm. said you love the parable. I do. We will find out over time, whether or not it was a seed sown in rocky soil That's that right. grows up quick and dies off. Mm-hmm. But the seed growing in good soil, will know by its fruit <laughs> over time. We'll know it over time. So I would say, stay engaged with me. If I fall off tomorrow, you were right. Hats off to you, my friend. But I would say, uh, I would challenge you to hang with me and watch me that we should be able to see my fruits over a long period of time. Amen. You know, uh, the other
0: thing that when you were talking, I want to say to you, but I want everybody to hear, it was just screaming at me as when you were talking, is that um, here's what's awesome, you guys. Here's what's awesome. Okay. God loves river even more than Granger does.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: Look at you, right? That's good. And, 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 and God loves Granger even more than any man on this earth could love him. And God loves you more. Hmm. And that's just a cool thing that you get today and you'd have to do anything for it. You have to surrender to it. You have to accept it. But it's an unbelievable thing to know that river is actually with a father that loves him even more than Granger. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome to know that. I just wanted to tell you that, man, as we were sitting here because I was hearing it as you were talking and I'm like, all right, maybe it's just my brain saying it and maybe this is some prophetic word I'm supposed to give you. So I wanted to say that to you.
1: Amen. And it's not, God doesn't have an obligation to, to let us walk through a life free of pain and suffering where it's just all glitz and happiness. Mm. Would you do that with your son? Is that how you would raise your son? No. No. No, you wanna raise him so that he could be the best that he is mm. through adversity, through discipline when needed, through encouragement when needed, mm. through through fierce judgment when it's when it's needed. Mm. But but it's all because you love him. Mm. You love him because he's your son and he'll always be your son. He is yours. Mm. And because of that love, the outpouring of that love mm. equals you're gonna to be tough on him sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a part of you looking at you right now going, is it any part of this surreal for you? Dude, man, I tell you what, you would have told me this, play this video back in back in time, five years, six years ago. Yeah. I would have thought this is crazy. No way. Yeah. I'm just a country singer. Mm. Let me do my thing on the stage. Mm. Do you miss it? I'm trying not to answer quickly and say no, Mm -hmm. but that's not the right answer. The right answer is I love what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. I feel so much purpose and fulfillment in glorifying my king Mm -hmm. that I don't don't really care about what I used to do. That's amazing to me,
0: brother, and I love it, and I see the sincerity (laughs) on your face. So someone's listening today, they're like, you know what? And by the way, you don't have to wait around for this tragic moment in your life to come mm. to these conclusions you you really really don't and so I'm curious if someone's listening to this today and they're like, all right, we got the two Christian guys I heard mm. what they said today yeah but you know what this one landed on me different and I have this sense about the work you're doing, brother that I think it's gonna land on people differently that and I just mean I'll just say it the way I mean it I think God's gonna use you in the unique way that he's capable of using you and I think that it's going to be massive. Now, by the way, if you just saved one person, it's completely worth all the work. It's you know? worth it. But I really do feel like it's going to—it's landing on people differently. Coming from you, the way you say it is a little bit different. You say it your way. It's landing on me differently. Be honest mm. with you, I'm sitting here going, mm. "Hmm. Okay, buddy. Where's my relationship at right now? Mm. How much? How much? How much of the word have I been in recently?" Mm. He brought up a scripture today. I couldn't quote and remember. Hmm. I don't like how that felt, right? So it's you've done work for me today as well. But someone says, hey, I don't know where I'm at. I might be a little bit of a skeptic still. I'm busy. I was going to get around to exploring this part of my life once I wasn't so busy. I think a lot of people think that, bro. They're like, you know what? I mean, maybe you did when you were playing. You're like, you know what? When I get into my 60s yeah. and I'm done touring, sure. that's probably the time where I'm going to really focus on my faith life. The challenge is for everybody is we don't know. We all, Everyone here knows my dear friend, Jessie Lee Ward, just passed away 34 years old. I'm grateful for the fact that she did not wait to getting around to this. I'm also grateful for the fact that God put her in my life and I could tell her, what I feel and what I know, but someone says, "All right, I'm. I'd like to take a step here. Mm-hmm. What would you say to That's that great. person? What would be the step do you think they should take?"
1: That's great. I, I'll, I'll preface that by saying that I echo you, and I I have a somewhat of a evidentialist uh, mentality about me. Where right? mm-hmm. I gotta kind of, gotta things need to make sense for me. Mm-hmm. It, for everyone, that doesn't always have to make sense, but I'd like to put it together. I'm actually in seminary right now as and. An apologetic degree, a master's degree in apologetics is what I'm working on because I love apologetics, which is defending the faith, which mm. at some level you're going to deal with some evidence. And mm. Christianity, as I have seen, of all the faiths, it, it, I would say to, the, to a person on the treadmill, the, the hypothetical person on the treadmill, test it with the world around you. And it seems to always come back at you making sense of the world around you. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does make sense. And and to the person that's saying, well, what's the next step? I would say this. If you want to get close to God, get close to his people. Hmm. Find that brother or sister around you that you know. Uh, that guy's a Christian. Hmm. Call, him, call him up and say, let's have some coffee. Hey, man, I'm thinking about this whole Christian thing. I heard this thing on my Let's podcast and... Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of not really a faith type person, but but it hit me differently. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. Mm-mm. Share some coffee over that. Yeah. You want to get close to God. Get
0: close to his people. What a great answer. You know, I've never had anybody say that to me before. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you wanted to add? I don't want to interrupt you on that. I'm just like, whoa, what a great answer.
1: No. I, and the other, the, the last thing I would add to that is that seeking that's inside you, what is that? I would ask you, what is that you're feeling right now that's saying... Hmm. feeling something, something stirring in me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hey, be careful with that. That's how it starts. That's right. <laughs> I know that feeling. It could change your life. Be very careful. <laughs> brother,
0: brother, I'm amazed at how life can come full circle. So when I accepted Jesus that night, I'm going to tell you this because you're just going to feel, mm-hmm. you're going to love this. I was on a boat, top level, like a two story boat, not a fancy boat, but there's these mm-hmm. two dudes that I admired. Both guys I liked. One was like a surfer dude. One was a business guy. They're both very different dudes, but they're both Christian dudes. One big self-help, motivational Mm. speaker dude, unbelievable guy. The other guy kind of like a chill dude. I knew he had a divorce in his life. you know. He's a real dude, though. It had some stuff happen. And uh, we were on the lower deck, and I said, hey, I'd just like to ask you all about your faith. I've got some questions and stuff. And so they go, well, it's noisy here. Let's walk up to the top. we walk up to the top of this boat. And the thing the dude said to me is he goes, Why do you think you want to know? What's this calling you've got to figure this out? Like, What's that stirring on you? What's that curiosity? Why is that such a big question to you? And I said back to him, I said, I think it's been a question I've been asking myself all my life. Mm. I think it's been a question going on in the back of my mind, the back of my heart, all of my life. It's just moved to the front for some reason right now. Mm-hmm. And so what you just said is so beautifully profound. Like, Why is it that you want to know? Why is it that you're so curious? Because it's why you're here is to figure this out. It's why you're here. And I just have to tell you, man, I just think I'm so excited for you because as I sit here with you, I see on your face, like I know what it is in our faith life. I'll just say it in the way I'm, just like, there's just a love on your heart mm-hmm. right now and an excitement and an enthusiasm. And by the way, a giftedness, I'll just use my word, there's like an anointing all over you. And it's amazing that God took this unbelievably and you are a gifted man. Obviously you worked very hard at your music craft, but you're unbelievably gifted. And that you're willing to basically sell everything and do this. I'm I'm super proud of you and
1: moved by you man thank you so
0: much seriously bro he flew all the way out here for today i never rank shows just when i'm in the moment i will just tell you that i have not enjoyed a conversation or been more moved than i have been today
1: man that means so much i haven't brother i'm um well this show means a lot to me that's why we flew out here it does thank you my
0: gosh bro all of you uh deserve to answer that question for yourselves, and I would say one of my recommendations is, he said, go call that person. You know, follow Granger. You know, just follow him to see whether he follows through. Follow him because he's that person you can have a cup of coffee with on his Instagram, reading his mm-hmm. books. Come and see him when he speaks. I'm su- I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that, brother. I'm still going to make you pick up a guitar eventually and play some worship music. Come or something on, for me. Let's do it. <laughs> um, thank you, man. Thank, thank you. you. It was just thank you, brother. Awesome freaking awesome. And usually I make the guests cry. <laughs> you made me cry a bunch
1: of times. Oh, man. You almost got me on that last but, ride, man. Come on. That last ride is just so just so beautiful.
0: Okay, guys, listen to me. Granger Smith is, is his name. If you didn't know him, you've been under one of those rocks that we talked about earlier. The book is Like a River, Finding the Faith and Strength to Move Forward After Loss and Heartache. Go get the book. Just go get the book, okay? Website's grangersmith.com. Got his speaking dates on there. Instagram's Granger Smith. The Smiths TV on YouTube. Just get, just follow him. He's that friend you can have that cup of coffee with whenever you want to. God bless you, everybody. Max out your life. This is The Ed Milad Show.